And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hello to you all and welcome to the 59th edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Michael Bailey and I hope this finds you safe and well on the way. Strike a light again. Cruel and kind records and yank you pauk. Does that work? I don't know. Uh, we'll work through all that and more with our guests this evening. Norwich number one chief at NCFC Numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hello, Michael. And football writer and analyst at Norwich FC Stats. <laughs> A big welcome to OTP debutant Jonathan Blathwaite. Good evening, everyone. Before we crack on, let me tell you that throughout January, you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price. Enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around and little old me, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts for less than £1 per week. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod to sign up and enjoy The Athletic throughout 2021. That's theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Um, how are we? Standard first question. Steve, how are you? Uh, I mean, this is always the most difficult one to answer because at the moment it's just, I'm exactly the same as I was last <laughs> week, Michael. That's pretty much all I've said the last three pods. But um, So instead, I will just rate your pun, intro puns, strike a light. Brilliant. That was really good. Love that. Oh, Yankee no, that, power. That, that, that felt rushed, but strike a light, <laughs> I love. So, um, you know, mixed bag. Well, it's easy. Striker light felt too obvious. So therefore, I probably forced it um, in the end. So, yeah. But I don't think we should make this a regular occurrence, analysing my puns. That, that sounds terrible. Um, Jonathan, how are you? Welcome to the pod. Yeah, really good. Thanks. Looking forward to kind of going over all the Norwich City stuff. Like A bit sad to be out of the cup, but not that sad. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the way to sum it up. I was going to ask you as a special welcoming question, although I haven't given you any notice of this, so apologies, Jonathan. The most exciting thing that happened to you today, what was it? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> really? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, to honest you, as you know, we are in lockdown and I'm in South East London, which is one of the worst areas for lockdown going. Um, not a lot. I think I may have gone in the garden once today. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? That's more than me. So take yeah. it and run. Well done. Yeah, Fresh air. Um, yeah. I'm going to add that to my list tomorrow, I think. I tell you what, as we're all here, let's crack on, shall we, with this week's headline act. We've been here before and we are here again. Uh, Jordan Hugill was just starting to make a real impact. And then in the FA Cup defeat at Barnsley on Saturday, he injures his hamstring. Tim Apuki and Adam Eder are both still out. And all of a sudden, Norwich have an 18-year-old playing up front. Uh, my piece over at The Athletic from Sunday evening details it all. Uh, Steve, uh, how worried are you now, given Norwich have not only got a visit from Middlesbrough on Saturday lunchtime, but then away games at Millwall and quite a big one at Swansea coming up next week? Quite worried. Um, I you mean, are you are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't before you started. Um, 
I suppose on a on a human level, uh, just to show that you know, completely cold, emotionless droids, um, <laughs> despite how you might want to paint me. Um, it's a real shame for Jordan Hugill. The timing for him is is terrible, isn't it? And um, kind of think back to two years ago when when Pookie never got injured. Um, I think maybe missed two games all season, and we had Rhodes waiting on the bench, ready and willing to come on. He, ne- he never got the chance. And now we are missing Pookie and it feels like this would be the perfect time for Hugo and, and has been really um, over the last few weeks. He's done a really good job standing in and it's so unfortunate, the timing for him and he must be kicking himself. And the same goes for Adam Eder as well, who, you know, this should be his time really, shouldn't it? Um, but as you said in your article, he hasn't played since November. However, we choose to throw him in, he's, he's bound to be a bit rusty. So I feel sorry for them first and foremost. Um in terms of worrying, yeah, I think um, the one time where I felt injuries have affected us this season were the, the games against um, Coventry at home and Luton away when we played without a recognised striker. I know we're missing players all over the pitch, but I've, it feels like we've, you know, we've we've coped with most things, but not having a recognised striker has hurt us, and I think it might do on Saturday if Pookie's not back. Adam Eder was my going to be my, well. He was my breakthrough star at the start of the uh, year, and it, it sort of not happened for him, but not through his own fault really, because obviously it was just the suspension for a, sort of a silly red card, and and then the injury, which I, I don't think Ireland really covered themselves in glory with the condition they sent Adam Eder back in, and we've had a bit of COVID as well, Jonathan. So it's all kind of been thrown in there as well, and. At, it did feel, and, and Steve's right, you know, Jordan was felt like Norwich were learning how to maybe make the most of, of Jordan. That was kind of the crucial thing. And obviously what he did against Bristol City was was ideal. Someone outside Carrow Road mentioned to me afterwards, and obviously it was someone at the club because there's no, no fans there. Um, <laughs> they said, or it reminded them of, of Jordan Rhodes against Aston Villa earlier in the season when, when, when Temu, one of those few times when Temu was out. And so it was really great to see Jordan do that, even though... I'm not entirely sure still how good his overall performance was. Yeah, the Aston Villa game seems a very apt kind of analogy. Well, that was, I think Lord's Road scored two goals in that game as well. And you, you felt, oh, we've got two really good strikers now. And that, you know, that has certainly happened the previous season before that. There was Cameron Jerome and Nelson Oliveira. And you really felt we haven't got one striker here that Fart wants to work with or can work with Fart. So it was nice to see that we had kind of maybe Jordan was going to be the backup. I think it was the home game against Middlesbrough. Jordan came off and two team who came on and scored the goal. You were like wondering, is it ever going to click for Jordan here? He seems such a different type of player. But I think maybe in that period he had out, he kind of looked at what he needed to do. I think it's hard being a striker in a FARC team. I think that is a, quite a tough role. You look at his you know, season so far at Norwich and only team is really putting great, consistent performances. Rhodes had moments, but I think, he started well and then the second half of that scene, he faded off maybe a little bit and he got his 10, 15 minutes off the subs bench. But because people liked him, they kind of didn't notice maybe he wasn't really fantastic. And then you look at Paul Dermich last season where, you know, I'm probably one of the few people who don't think Dermich is a bad player. I think he was in a bad situation and it just didn't work. And so now, and then kind of Jordan came in, you're like, right, is he? how's he going to do? And then again, it seemed to be like, oh, it's, Team who's, you know, team who's obviously by far the best player here. How are you going to ever fit a second striker in? Jordan kind of was just about getting there and now he's injured himself and it's like all back to square one. And he get, he's going to miss a game against Middlesbrough, which I'm sure he's quite annoyed about because I think that's his, you know, mm. boyhood club, isn't it? And I'm sure he'd love to play against them. So it's a real shame. If I was to tell you 
that I would imagine, that, you know, Jordan Hugill could 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 have been could be out for months if it's a really bad hamstring injury. Doesn't sound like it is one of those. So it sounds like it could be more of a case of weeks rather than months. So that's good, obviously. But, you know, you play a lot of championship games in the space of, of a few weeks. So um, there does also, you know, there seems like there's an air of positivity over the situations involving Temu and, and, and Adam. Mm-hmm. Probably, I would imagine they'll be happy to patch up Timu, Bookie, and, and throw him out anyway. Emi Buendia is an interesting one because he, he, he seems less effective as, as in his assists when Emmy's and in his creation of chances for other players when Temu Pukki's not on the pitch. It's almost like, you know, I think Emmy can have his own chances then, but it does seem that Temu Pukki is probably the ideal striker for Emmy Buendia when he's on the pitch, Steve. It does seem to make a difference. Yeah, I was having a look at how many times Emmy set up um, Timu recently, and I have a feeling they might be level with Hulahan and Holt, Hulahan setting up Holt, something like that. So they are a really effective partnership. And the main reason for that is that Pukki's movement is just, you know, off the scale in terms of anything that we would have seen at Norwich. That, that, that is, you know, he's got other facets to his game as well, but that's what sets him apart. And, and uh, you know, Jonathan mentioned um, Drimic, um, and I think that was really noticeable when he played instead of Puki. And I think you make a good point about Hugo, actually, Michael, and that, that we have adapted to the way that he has played. That goal against Bristol City, that ball from Campwell would would not have been played if Hugo hadn't been there. Um, it, was, it was just a really good example of that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I've said how many times I love Wendy on this on this podcast, and I, I do think he could do it regardless of who's who's playing up top but I think those two together they're, they're just the perfect foil for one another and that's part of the reason why at this level it's things have worked so well whenever they've both played someone someone should probably write a really long piece on Emi Buendia's time in Spain maybe someone should I'm planning, planning to do that do, I don't know not. yeah I don't know um uh it, we had as I mentioned um Tyrese Amatoye came out, uh, came on loan. It was the longest he'd played um, in the first team. I mean, I, I look at it like, don't get me wrong, really promising player. What he what he did in the EFL Trophy was special, um, and even to be where he is at the age of eighteen with such little senior football is is remarkable. Um, I think we kind of saw on Saturday one of the reasons why he's not quite ready yet for where at least where Norwich are and it'll be fascinating to see how he does in League One with Swindon because that which he's obviously joined them on loan today uh, Monday as we record that obviously bodes well for the other injuries because Norwich wouldn't have let um, Omatoye out if if they hadn't been um, you know sort of encouraging enough to allow him to go out and I think uh, it's a really great move to see what uh, what Tyrese can can go and do for Swindon too. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
moves us on very nicely to this, which is the things we are not going to talk about. Now, these are the things that have happened and deserve acknowledgement, uh, but we are only going to acknowledge them by stating how we are not going to talk about them. Make sense? Good. Uh, also, we only have three minutes to do it. So um, if producer Tom can please cue up the magic dramatic music. There we go. Um, this week, we are not going to talk about, you know what? I didn't even write down Bristol City and beating them on here. I completely forgot about it, but there we go. So I'm not, definitely not talking about that. Um, and Norwich are out of the cup. Um, it was amazing how quickly I switched off from all of the FA Cup the moment Norwich were out of it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm going. See you later. Um, yeah. Steve, what are you not going to talk about? Um, well, I mean, I was going to echo your words and say not, you know, I don't go full Catherine Tate, but completely not bothered about it, really. I think I might have said it last week, in fact. Um, I felt like uh, in terms of Saturday, we missed Kenny. Was our, I, I felt he was a player that we really missed, actually. The, the, the form he's been in, Rook, to me, looked a little bit rusty. Um, I think, I imagine he will probably... Uh, come in against Borough I'm thinking it'll be Skip and Rupp um, so yeah maybe a good game for him to get 90 minutes under his belt but shame for Kenny um, kind of being having to take what will now be 10 days at least off um, given that he was kind of in his prime uh, and I felt like we really missed him Indeed, positive COVID test for Kenny. Hopefully he's all okay. Um, and also, Ollie Skip made such a massive, huge difference when he came on in the second half. It was like, oh, wow, this is like the mid <laughs> All of a sudden, we've got a midfield because literally no one could take the ball off Norwich's back line in the first half. It was, it was so ridiculous. Uh, Barnsley were very good, but we, we said said that before. I don't know if I want to keep saying that. And also, I mean, Norwich weren't at it, so it's a bit hard to say just how good Barnsley were, but uh, Valerian Ishmael was hailing their best performance against a top team ever, so he was very excited, Jonathan. Anything you don't want to talk about? Um, I don't want to talk about that Max Aaron was linked to Tottenham again on Sunday. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. yeah, and the rest. <laughs> and the rest. Tottenham and Man United are going to battle it out for Max Aaron's £20 million pound wing back. And I was like, are, they, no, are, they, are they monitoring him? That's the one I love. Oh, probably. But yeah, just I don't want to talk about any more players going out it, yeah, I think it's just too late in the window to now even think about Norwich losing anyone that's not, so, uh, not going to happen I think it's, it's done isn't it I think the attitude now would be if you wanted him why did you not try and sort it out three weeks ago I literally think that's the answer anyone would get yeah. rung up now so <laughs> you'd have to wait until the summer um uh, anything else I want to talk about? Well, I mean, I thought, I thought some of the stuff, some of the um, stick Shemeswaf Poheta was getting on Twitter was a disgrace, I thought, to be honest, if you were tweeting it. Someone said it was the worst Norwich performance they'd ever seen. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, I watched lots of crap and 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 there were miles worse performances. They than, can't possibly have watched the A young Polish winger, who's clearly raw, but, you know, he'll get there. There's a lot to him. Is it, is it a Norwich City fan thing? Because I feel like we get this a lot with wingers where we see them originally and it's kind of like, wow, they're so unbelievably quick. And, you know, just think when we get them into the team, they're going to be running past players and whiffing the ball. They score so many goals. And then it, when it doesn't materialise, people kind of go, oh, hold on a minute, they're rubbish. And I feel like that happened with, with Josh Murphy, with Nathan Redmond, with uh, to an extent with Ronald Hernandez. I feel like, you know, all these players get hyped up to the max and then because they've got pace. And then when it doesn't happen, people get really angry about it. Yeah, I think I think there's a Yannick Wilshit um, yes. being made about uh, Plajeta. And I think I think people got a bit too excited when they saw him being quick. And they went, oh, we've bought a quick player. He must be brilliant. And I think it was a bit like, oh, we've bought a player none of us have heard of. 
Webb has done it again. And I think people expect him to be brilliant from the, off, from the first moment. And I think you kind of heard that, oh, even in Poland, he'd only had, you know, a really consistent six months. He wasn't, you know, an, an established player in Poland. So it's like, you know, he's got a lot of talent, but he's got to unlock it. And he hasn't done that maybe yet in the research, but it doesn't mean like he's useless. I think it just means he needs a bit more time and he's had a broken up season. And, you know, what are you going to do? And, you know, Fark's team doesn't really suit wingers. You're not going to see, you know. That is more of an he, issue. <laughs> he can, he can hug the touchline as much as he likes, but no one's going to pass to him out there. and He's not going to do much of it once he gets it there. So it's kind of, you know, there is a bit of adapting for him. And I'd like to see him more on the right cutting in. I still see more promise in Chemisov than probably I've ever seen in Onel Hernandez. I have to be honest. Oh, yeah. um, but, um, but I mean, Onel looked pretty rusty. I think he kept getting the ball and basically just sort of shielding it and then losing it. <laughs> so uh, I think he, we're going to need a few weeks with Onel. Uh, we've gone through all of those. Um, I think there was other stuff I didn't want to talk about, but um, I think we're not going to talk about it. So I think that's fine. Let's just not talk about them. Exactly. <laughs> Are you stuck at home, bored of Netflix and realising there's a reason people only play Scrabble once a year? Well, The Athletic is coming to your rescue. With the help of our friends at Prostate Cancer UK, we will be putting on 31 football quizzes across November and March to find our most knowledgeable subscriber and, of course, to raise money for a very important cause. Prostate Cancer UK help fund life-saving research and provide valuable support and information for men and their partners affected or worried about prostate cancer. We'll be encouraging you to do Oh dear. We'll be encouraging you to donate money on the night for a great cause. We'll be running a quiz for every team we cover, which of course includes Norwich. The winners of each quiz will go through to our grand final at the end of March, where there will be a very nice £1,000 up for grabs. And we will match this with a donation to Prostate Cancer UK. The quizzes will be hosted by the correspondent for that club or league. Hello. <laughs> Looks like I'm going to be busy. And you'll be able to team up with anyone in your house hold to play sign up for a free 30-day trial with the athletic at theathletic.com forward slash pcuk and register to play the quiz that's theathletic.com forward slash pcuk right then on to centerfold in fact, this week, it's basically the second part of last week's uh, because on Tuesday, Norwich confirmed the signing of Dimitris Yanoulis. Um, don't pronounce the G, but don't tell Daniel Farker. I don't think anyone else has yet. Uh, there is a, a big piece now on The Athletic detailing how Norwich signed a player wanted by the likes of Porto, Monaco, Atalanta. And to be honest, a player I'm not sure Norwich really believed they'd be able to sign in the first place. Um, his GBE is all sorted. That's his like post-Brexit work permit. Uh, although it did get a bit hairy, apparently, at one stage, but um, yeah, they got it done. Uh, this week, um, as with Sebastian Soto, he should secure his work working visa and then the fun really starts of course when he can actually play some football uh, it's well worth listening to last week's pod with me Steve and uh, broadcast journalist Michael McCam because we also discussed um, Dimitris on that but uh, but Jonathan you went on last week's po podcast so let's ask you this week I mean what what are your feelings on Yanulis's uh, arrival uh, I'm not going to try the name but it's a it's an amazing signing Oof. On paper, on paper, you see, you look at it and you go, 
you know, you see all these big clubs linked. I always set up a pinch of salt because I think big clubs look at hundreds of players every year. And so they're, they're always linked with a lot of people. But you just have to kind of start to look at, you know, some of the numbers behind his game and then some of the stuff. And you're like, this looks like a player who could be a Premier League ready player. And that's obviously what Norris really want. There's a, you know, a suspicion of doubt in my mind, a step up from the Greek Super League. You don't see many players come out of Greece and come into, you know, England or other countries that that is. The Greek national team, you know, they're not the best national team at the moment. So there's a little bit of a question about like, how good is the Greek Super League? How good is, you know, his, how, how well can you transfer what he's doing in Greece to what he's going to do in England? This guy can move the ball. He can dribble. He's fast. He looks a decent size. He seems to have everything you want from a Daniel Farke fullback. No one would have dreamed that Soros was this good a left back. But you do watch Norwich sometimes and you do see them kind of progress down the left and suddenly they go inwards. And, you know, Sorensen, he's not naturally going to be bursting forward, taking players on. I think I saw him try a dribble against Barnes and he fell over. And it was like, that's not his game. Like, he's a great player and I really like what he does, but he's not taking his man on. Really interesting one with uh, with Jakob Sorensen because, um, and we haven't talked about it, but he was outstanding yeah. against mm-hmm. Bristol City. And Daniel Farker made the point of it quite right because it, it was a superb performance. Uh, he really struggled in the second half on Saturday against Barnsley. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, compared to, to other people, he stood on the ball at one point, which I think led to a Barnsley attack. Uh, ben Gibson was on at him a lot in the second half yeah. about his positioning as well. Um, I found that really interesting because I would imagine Jacob sort of bust a gut, basically basically a midweek off the back of Yanula's signing, sort of saying, look, I want to keep a place here because it's difficult with how well Kenny and, and Ollie Skipper playing in the middle for him to really get a gig there uh, when everyone's fit. So interesting reaction. And then, and then I suppose with a de- game in a few weeks on an atrocious pitch, we're not going to talk about the pitch. You could kind of understand, um, you could maybe understand uh, it just looked a bit tired, I think is what it, I mean, yeah. mentally tired, I thought, but. I think um, he did struggle, as you say, we're not going to mention the pitch, but he did struggle with that side of the pitch. Like, I think suddenly moving the ball became a little bit harder and a little bit cloggier and, oh. and Barnsley were pushing, you know, pressing Norwich harder than almost any other team had so far. And you could suddenly see that he's right footed at the left back position. It's really hard for him to move the ball as quickly because he's got to come into the pitch and Barnsley shut off the centre of the pitch. Just a quick one on the fullback. I was thinking about this and I think fullback is the only area where under Weber and Farquhar we haven't really made a top class signing yet. It's not something that keeps me awake at night, but it did make me think <laughs> that, you know, Yanulis could break that run. I was thinking of the left back, obviously we've been very much helped by the fact we've had two stellar fullbacks come through our academy and let's not reevaluate Jamal Lewis here. I've seen a little bit of that from Norwich fans, even yeah. quality for us. So just because he's not doing well now does not mean he's not a good player. But you think of the left backs that we have signed. Um, I mean, James Husband springs to mind immediately. Oh, uh, you're going in there first. Ouch. Oh, so, well, he was the first one, wasn't he? He, he was. Chronically speaking. Um, Kintia, yeah, we could be okay. It could be okay, but we don't know. And Byram, I suppose, did okay, but injury problems mean that he's probably not been a great signing. So just an interesting side note that is Yanulis the man to break that duck? I know they're excited about Yanulis. That's all I can say until he steps on the pitch and we all get to see him and let's maybe wait five or six games before we get too carried away with either whatever he does, whatever he does. He's, he's quick. So either that's really worrying or really exciting, I guess, <laughs> judging by past uh, discussions. So I guess we will find out. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Right, uh, to paraphrase the famous Norwich City commentary line uttered by John Motson. This is almost fantasy football. It's only one game this week, so we haven't got that much to predict. But I like to get the guys to, to paint a quick picture of what's going to happen at the weekend. I don't mean score predictions. I mean the wild and wonderful and ridiculous. So uh, Middlesbrough, 12.30 kickoff, I think it is, on Saturday, lunchtime. Long old poke for Middlesbrough. Uh, you, Steve, you look like I've just made you aware yeah. that you were going to miss kickoff. I would have missed it. Yeah, that's happened a few <laughs> times this season, if I'm honest. Has it? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. What, did you I- miss? what have you missed? I very what was the last I think Cardiff at home I, I only realised with about half an hour to spare that it was it was <sighs> half twelve and not, um, Bristol City at six o'clock in the evening is just yeah yeah I'm not liking it I, can't I couldn't I, I mean from like my my working um, schedule is is quite tied in my head as to what I need to do when six o'clock mm. kickoff I didn't even know what to do with that and it got to like the end of the game and I was just you know in my head it was like 10, 11 o'clock and, mm. and I need dinner and it was all over the place. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> there we go. Such uh, minor problems. Um, so yeah, Middlesbrough, I mean, some, someone pointed out to me, I think um, Middlesbrough are at home to Rotherham in midweek on Wednesday at seven o'clock. That's not ideal, is it? Ahead of a long trip to Norwich. It's a good thing you don't want score predictions because um, I mean, it's just going to be one nil, isn't it? This is your binary tweet, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, yeah, I might, I might get that one out again. I'm running out of things to say about it because I think when it was four one nils in a row as a record, and then the fifth one happened, and now six is like, you know, just it just gets boring after a while. Um, some might say it was to begin with. You know, hey. like, I mean, to be honest, one nil may actually be one way or the other the way it goes because it's, mm. it's they're just going to sit in, are they? It's not going to be a high pressing Barnsley. I think we know that. So I think it might be a bit of a, a bit of a grind. I mean, if you say Pookie's going to start, then that's that's good enough for me. I, think um, I did, but, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. For for the for the symmetry of it, I'm happy to say that we will win one nil. Um, and I will also predict that you won't have dug out that John Motson. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my job. This is almost fantasy football. How about you, uh, Jonathan? What what are you seeing when you squint? Uh, I think it might be one nil the other way. Oh. I think. 
Mid- Middlesbrough are on a they're kind of on a weird run where they're a bit rubbish at home but good away, despite everything being behind closed doors. And I can just see because Norwich have been unbeaten for so long, you've got to lose at some point. Even though we keep beating Middlesbrough, I always think we're going to lose to Middlesbrough. I think there's just something <laughs> about that Alex Neal season where Bamford came and mugged Norwich off at Carrow Road. And ever since then, I was like, oh, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. But we, you know, but, I just but Jonathan, Jonathan, that was the season we beat them in the playoff final at Wembley. It didn't no, even no, matter. I think, I it even matter. I think it was because going to Wembley, I was just like, well, we're going to lose. So it's fine if we don't, you know, <laughs> if, it, if we lose, it's fine because we're going to lose. And so I was so set my mind up for like, it's impossible to beat Middlesbrough that it's just, or every time we play them, like, we're going to lose. Any Norwich fans out there getting really excited about the fact that Norwich got a whole week to recover and Middlesbrough are playing in midweek. Uh, next week, uh, Norwich, of course, um, at Millwall on Wednesday and then at Swansea on the Friday night. Swansea have not got a midweek game next week. Um, so it works both ways. Um, Swansea are playing this midweek, by the way. Uh, they're playing Brentford, which will be a classic game on Friday. I'm quite keen to uh, watch that, although it is my eldest son's birthday and I probably should do something about that instead. Um, a uh, little side note for you. My favourite Neil Warnock anecdote is that uh, he once went for the Norwich City job and was quizzed in the interview. This is a story he tells, by the way. He was uh, quizzed in the interview and uh, the board said, oh, well, uh, the only thing, Neil, how do you think your style of football will uh, would, would go down with the Norwich fans? And he said, what, winning? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> from that moment on, he knew he, uh, he wasn't going to get the job. It's a pertinent point, though, because he had a little dig at Neil Harris today. Um, using the same line, it has to be said, um, when Neil Harris was sacked from Cardiff, he, he didn't like what Neil apparently said when he took over from Neil Warnock about um, how Neil Harris was going to have to change the style of Cardiff and, and make it a bit more, I don't know, whatever it was. And I think Neil's point was, yeah, what, winning? So it's the same joke, but, um, you know, and they both didn't get very far with changing the style either. From what we <laughs> no! <saw>. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> well, I mean, what he did was he recruited Harry Wilson and then he just left him there. That was what I saw over 180 minutes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I think we've painted a beautiful picture of the weekend's football right there. Um, and I'm sure it'll all happen, um, which is very exciting. But uh, that is time uh, for On The Ball this week. We will be with you all season long, of course. So make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. Uh, the podcast is available free for everyone on your usual player and ad free to subscribers of The Athletic via our app. If you like what we're doing, please leave a review and a rating wherever you can. Spread the word. Do all you can, obviously, um, and let people know about our efforts across the Norwich City world. If you'd like to get in touch with us, ask a question or propose a topic for discussion, sling me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. Uh, In the meantime, a big thank you to our guests tonight. Steve, thank you ever so much. Cheers, Michael. Jonathan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for the debut. Thank you very much. Uh, We'll be back next week with another edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then, never mind the danger. And we're clear. How exciting. Stephen, Jonathan, welcome to Wits End. Both happy? Happy with the pod? Yeah. Steve, Jonathan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, we were 
I think we were realists this week. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting carried away. Yeah, yeah, for top of the league. We were, we were realists. I, I keep getting messages about how, well, you'll be back in the Premier League next year then. I'm like, whoa, whoa. There's a long way to go um, as of yet. Uh, welcome, everyone, to Twitterkers. If any of you have stumbled across this for the first time, welcome. If you're wondering what's going on, listen to On The Ball podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th. It's all explained there. You can email us directly in this part of the podcast podcast all of you it's all of yours as much as it is as much as it is ours email us twitterkers twitter k-e-r-s at icloud.com or use the hashtag twitterkers on twitter um, in your tweets just don't explain what it's actually referring to because it's a secret club uh this week the outstanding twitterkers.co.uk is the truly essential viewing for all twitterkers it's a wonderful website um, i have ascertained that whoever's putting it together it's quicker to add a brackets in the league to the clock that's counting up from norwich's last defeat than it is to reset the clock <laughs> because that's what's happened um obviously after barnsley either that or it's just wonderfully optimistic which I do fully appreciate. So yeah, you're um, trying to micromanage the uh, use this podcast and micromanage the twitterkers.co.uk yes, webpage. A hundred percent. Have you only gotten onto that? Every week I tell them what to do. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they're doing a wonderful job. And I still have no idea what the secret thing is on the website that I don't think anyone's found yet. Um, and I keep saying that because I'm hoping they'll tell me what it is because I, I don't know what it is we're looking for. But there's something secret on the website that no one's found yet. And apparently it's not that exciting, but, you know, starting to obsess over it, really. Uh, no signing picture yet. Um, this is sort of reverting to last week's. No signing picture yet of uh, Yen Nulis, uh, because he hasn't um, been allowed to work yet <laughs> um, with the club. So once he can, he can take a picture, hopefully smiling with the shirt, um, which will hopefully be this week. So fingers crossed. Um, hopefully he'll look thrilled to sign. Sort of unlike Ibrahim Amadou on the website. Right, he needs to listen to Jonathan's uh, kind of eulogy of him because I think that will definitely get him smiling. Yes. Yep. Play that to yeah, Nulis or Dimitri. Yeah. Dimi. I, I can see Dimitris. Sorry, not he's not yeah. Dimitri. Uh, <laughs> Dimitris. I think he might end up being a Dimmy. Dimmy, yeah. That's, that's a bit like, Dimmy, Shemi. You know. Yeah. And also I wouldn't call him that before you does his signing because he might not smile at that he doesn't take a big gamble with yeah that. that's true it's a big risk um uh, ollie i do somehow manage an a need to apologize to him this week as well ollie who's been uh, i've been apologizing for for weeks on end um i did apparently say melvin city was uh with telstar last week which is obviously a freudian sleep because he's with wasland beveren which is probably not how you pronounce it um although he's not anymore because it was confirmed as we went to record and ably pointed out by Jonathan, because I'd completely missed it, um, that um, the Belgian side had confirmed Melvin City is now back at Norwich, which I think was something I let on would probably happen um, last week. So uh, he hasn't played and um, hopefully he'll get somewhere else to be loaned out, but it's obviously not been an ideal season so far for the uh, young French holding midfielder, which I think is probably how I would write that. Um, I I've been obviously tasked with writing a song by myself for Paul Lambert. The question is, gentlemen, am I going to be able to write this song before he's sacked? Probably um, not. But <laughs> how quick are your songwriting abilities? I don't know. I mean, I can't see me doing it in the next two weeks. Are you uh, giving Paul Lambert yeah, longer yeah, than yeah, two weeks at Ipswich? Uh, I, 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 I try not to know what's going on at Ipswich. See, no one cares, do they? No one cares. I think it's kind of, to be honest, I do think it's a little bit sad. I do like a derby, you know, it's nice to play them. It's also, there's a little kind of a, a lesson there, isn't there? Because 
that could be any club who that happens to or happens to you know in the in a parallel universe that could be Norwich who is kind of sitting there wallowing in league run rather than us sauntering out of it under Lambert so it's kind of this is horrible mirror it's like the black mirror kind of up to our you know up to what could have been Norwich's past and present and all future like and just any championship club could suddenly find themselves to the situation but I try not to kind of follow it I don't really look at league one that much in all honesty love it and no well no, one year is enough I think to be honest I mean the thing is though it's a bit like it's a little it's not quite like Bruce at Newcastle but you kind of think like it's difficult to predict because why would they not have sacked him six months ago or 12 mm. months ago like they could have easily done it then and but they've just keep and they, but they've given him a five-year contract so uh, the fans if it's up to the fans he'd have been gone long ago but um I don't know the way the, the way the clubs run we're not experts on this subject I mean I, I really yeah I really don't want to talk about Ipswich I have to admit but I, I must admit I looked I think I said this a few weeks ago I looked at the table and I was like oh you, you two points off the top six with a game in hand I mean it's not a disaster but they are completely cut adrift really from the top to automatic promotion race, which I suppose is the thing that sticks. But they give you what budget have they got compared to the other teams at the top of the division? They haven't got any. So anyway, they've anyway. got a wage in that league now, haven't they? So it's a weird league. It it's a, league. yeah, I don't like to get involved. It's, it's you know, weird. The, the novelty is what is nice for twelve months. Um, things I, I need to apologise for. Um, I think I said Todd's boots were were the, were different colours by design, but uh, he has since revealed probably quite rightly correcting me <laughs> sorry Todd that um, they are separate designed boots but because he's got a, a, a poorly toe or, or he had that he, he actually was wearing one boot of each colour so it's the same boot but different colours so they are different <laughs> designs it's not a, it's not so it's not deliberate which I think was what I assumed um, how does that help his toe is that I don't know I think one bit? slightly bigger size I guess the colour was incidental yeah, blue um, is much better for a bad toe than red that's yeah. famously I mean I, I came up with this idea on Twitter which I thought was brilliant that um, you know your boots should change colour depending on how many touches you're getting or I don't know how well you're playing with that boot so if you were going really well you know your boot could be literally on fire you're, like where's Houlihan's left boot would have been constantly red and his right boot would have been constantly blue <laughs> Or, I think we found what you need to apologise for next week, anyway. What, that idea? What, <laughs> that, that idea. Mad concept. If someone doesn't take that on, there's got to be the technology for that. I, I don't care what anyone says. You could, if people could make that happen. I think they could make a lot of money. And you what they should be saying, Michael. what they should be saying is, you're welcome. That's what they should be saying. You're welcome. <laughs> Wait in a while. You're welcome, Puma. Right. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, I thought, well, that probably should end it there, really. But I did want to give a shout out for Chris Reeve and his TNC shanty because I literally had it in my head since he put it on Twitter. You know, fair play. It put a smile on a lot of people's faces. And if you're going to get annoyed at it, well, you know, try getting annoyed at something important um, would be my would be my shout. So fair play to Chris Reeve and his <laughs> TNC shanty, which I'm no doubt going to be singing to myself in the shower again tomorrow morning. We did we did forget to mention Ben Marshall, didn't we? And um and uh, Harrison Reed is right back yep. signings. Yep. So, sorry for the full back enthusiasts. Remember, get in touch with us by sending um, a tweet with the hashtag Twitterkers or send us an email, twitterkers at iCloud.com. Um, but we're done. Steve, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure as always. Thanks, Michael. Jonathan, thank you so much for the, for the debut. Top work. We'll, we'll do it again. Yeah, love to. Thanks very much, guys. It's been a pleasure. No one's ever said no to that glass question. Well, that's great. <laughs> um, that is it. Time, time is up. Uh, thank you very much, all of you. Until next time, that's a rub. The Athletic.